0: but we can change that we can change that with something pretty simple you do not need an app for this you do not need a credit card you do not need an 800 number what you need is a conversation a conversation conversation
1: conversation 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 the conversation an exchange between great minds hi everybody this is episode 14 of the conversation today jake and i will be interviewing and talking to uh, tommy moosey uh, Tommy Moosey is a great camp friend of mine, and one of the smartest people I know. Uh, he's passionate about so many things, and that's why I've been so excited to uh, talk to him. Uh, so without further further ado, let's get right into the show. So Tommy, I remember that you were the, considered the science guy at camp, um, and what you would do is you would bring us on these mushroom walks where we would learn about and explore the world of mushrooms. So, really, why science and why mushrooms?
2: I guess, like the science, uh, the whole science part of understanding nature and, and the complexities of it, I guess, is what kind of gets me going. Um, I very recently discovered like the whole world of the, the ecological side of uh, mushrooms and, and fungi, the kingdom of fungi. Um, and I was really blown away. I was, thought it was really cool that uh, these organisms are super old, they're like way older than humans. Um, they process like dead, dead cells of living creatures, whether it be plants or animals, and they like break down these fundamental molecules and turn them into food for, you know, like break down everything. I don't know. They're they're like at the at the edge of life i I was blown away by it, um, and I happened to go to summer camp that summer when I was just beginning to fall in love with it and, and theaterotics was like the perfect place for me to just look around everywhere for mushrooms and I, I learned so much, I had my little guide I took with me everywhere, um and I did hours and hours of research It was a lot of fun um and uh yeah, that led to me like wanting to grow mushrooms myself, so i went on amazon and i just bought like a mushroom growing kit they just sell it's like this little bag of like not it's not soil it's not dirt it's like a combination of like different kinds of flowers like brown rice flour and white rice flour and they called vermiculite and and uh, they inject the spores the mushroom whatever it is so it's like an oyster mushroom or like um what's it called a uh, a portobello mushroom or a champignon or um, different kinds of oyster mushrooms and basically you just kind of give them enough water and oxygen and eventually they will just start growing you don't really yeah. have to do much i just like follow the instructions yeah, definitely yeah. not you, you not know, a really hard thing and i grew my first mushrooms that was it was like the completely surreal experience. I guess I turned yeah. into a father there. I don't know. <laughs> I felt so proud of my little creation. Um, it was insane. And then when I ate them, they were the most delicious mushrooms I've ever had. Like, screw, like, grocery store mushrooms. And these were, like, amazing. I grew some, some uh, gray oyster. And then I also had ones that are called seta de Cargo in Spanish. I don't know what they're called in English. It was, like, a brown large brown um mushroom with gills attached to the stem From a, up top it kind of looks like an elephant but I don't know it was amazing to sauté them with a little bit of olive oil garlic onion salt pepper um and that was it they were so good yeah. so so
1: good you, what a you, chef you know you know I remember um I remember talking to you and it's like this this whole idea of kind of the mushroom as this um you know it's like this nervous system right i think i think i think you told me that yeah. it's like sometimes like you know just one you know mushroom can like occupy huge swaths of land right um i i, I forgot the, yeah, the yeah, specific yeah. acreage but there's something in oregon i remember so it's like it's, yeah it's crazy, yeah that's right?
2: the, the biggest yeah. mushroom the biggest organism living organism in the world is this honey mushroom that has taken over this landmass in Oregon. It's like 5,000 acres big. I don't know. Don't quote me on the on the bridge, but it's just like it's spread over such a large piece of land that you have to go up, like high up on a plane, to be able to see it fully. And it's just like this darker color compared to the surrounding areas. It's like a, like a virus taken over, um, like a parasitic fungus. It's a honey mushroom. It's quite tasty. Think, or there are other honey mushrooms you can eat. I don't you don't eat that one. Yeah, it's all one thing. It's all one living organism. Like, but like, it has more. Um, what's it called? Like uh, the mushroom. What, what we know as the mushroom is like the fruiting body. Like what comes up and has the you know, that round stem and the gills. That is like the fruiting body. So that's what it. That's the mechanism it uses to to procreate and. Serve continuous life but really the, all of the mushroom lives underground it kind of looks like this like net like network what a lot of people call like a neural network it has a similar structure to how neurons uh connect to each other in the brain and it also has a similar structure to like how the universe is connected and stuff like that um and uh that's where it exists it's did you compare a mushroom to the universe Yeah, 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 like, so like underground, uh, Google it. Um, the structure of mycelium spreads out very similarly in the same way that your neurons inside of your brain are fired across in the same way that the universe is connected through large star systems. It's like you zoom in, zoom out of the same kind of structures. They're called neural nets, neural networks. Um, and that's what people use to train uh, artificial intelligence with, with creates these neural networks of like training patterns and we feed it crazy amount of data and it begins to create the incredibly complex pattern recognition. That's basically what AI is. Sure. That's what I'm studying. I'm, d- I'm doing a master's in data analytics at American university. And uh, what we're learning is how to create your own algorithm. Basically like you're, you set up individual nodes, on neural network and it's not like say like 10 nodes in a whole vertical line and then you've got a bunch of other lines following after it with different numbers of nodes and you create like exponential numbers of connections similar to your brain with your neurons yeah similar to the way that the the mushrooms talk to each other and exchange nutrients i was like i was just like what where did this how come there's this like, similar structure across the universe in multiple different, um, iterations. It seems to be this common thing. It's like, well, why do we, it's like one of these patterns that constantly repeats itself. So like, um, the, like the, the golden ratio, you know, all planets or all stars are circular kind of, you know, for the most part, they're like spherical, um, I don't know. It's just a pattern yeah, sure. I recognize. It. I mean, do, I do you think like, like I was like this is like the coolest thing ever?
1: Yeah. I I, I mean, do you think? I guess I mean I, I, I don't know. Like, why do you think, for example, that the these you know th- these patterns you know you find them in different objects? Like, I think the uh, the golden ratio uh, it's, ratio it's like in the mollusks and then also in all of our buildings and everything. I mean, it's like it's it's a, it's a I, coincidence, I, of course, but I mean,
2: I think it's a it's a pattern yeah. in like energy. Like there has to be some physical manifestation of, of energy moving in this direction across maybe a cosmic scale or a or a, like a, what's it called a, like a quantum scale yeah. energy just moves in this direction I guess there's like a flow that can, that if you can feel it it looks like the neurons in your brain or or the stars connected across the sky think of it like a like a three dimensional scatter plot if you just Connect and the three-dimensional plot and you have all the universe with all the stars and galaxies and clusters of galaxies and superclusters. And holy moly, it just gets bigger and bigger and bigger. You just connect all of those dots. Eventually, it's going to look like this beautiful pattern. That if you let, if you animate it and say you shoot off a beam of energy from place from star to star, you're going to see a similar network to the neurons in your brain. I guess that's just how it's an efficient way of energy, probably the most efficient way of energy, moving. Yeah, the cosmic scale and also such a mini cosmic scale, is just how like natural, the natural flow of the universe as as goofy as that sounds.
1: Sure, I I mean I, I was I would assume though that say for example if it's like a connection of neurons, you know. I don't know. I mean, I don't know much about science and you know physics and and all that, but you know that kind of the neurons they transport the energy. So like you know, I guess when you so talk yeah, about they this transport energy a signal, sorry, it's a signal. They transport a signal.
2: Yeah, signal. But uh, I mean, I, I'm not the guy to be talking about neuroscience. I'm definitely not, not an expert. I mean, I I would assume I did, that did that. not study medicine, so I'm just talking about what I have read about and spoken with my friends for the most part. And,
0: I would assume it's just the, you know, the idea that you talked about, about, um, you know, the efficient, the most efficient path, you know, the path of least resistance. And that's just,
2: there we go. Yeah. The path of forms, least resistance. Right. yeah, yeah our brain cool. formed that way because it was the path of least resistance
0: hmm. same maximum with growth. Huh. Yeah. Very cool. Is that what, uh, is that what all of our, of our, of our science periods last year kind of just added up to, I know Tommy, you brought us on countless mushroom expeditions that they should have just rebranded that whole activity period as uh, yeah honestly okay, time. yeah my
2: science yeah, my science periods were were very focused on mushrooms so yeah. you know what it was it was a way for me to learn even more i i used it as an experience to to dive deeper into the field and and having all of these kids along for the ride and helping me do that really made it more Assumed the role of like a teacher, but also I'm also learning. But it was, it was so cool having all these kids be like super excited, going out into the woods, like bringing me mushrooms in the middle of the day, and they're just like, "Here, I picked this." I'm like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> like, let me see. Like, this is beautiful. The kids would get so excited. Um, they would sing mushroom songs in the in the mess hall. Yeah, mushrooms yeah. mushrooms
0: really became a, a central part of of our summer.
2: So I think. yeah, dude it, it was insane. <laughs> the momentum it, it gained and and the acceptance from, from the higher ups and Brent loved it. You know, the kids were just like it's just this little pocket of like ecology <laughs> but it is huge that is untapped and all of these kids are now totally aware that this is a thing that exists yeah and throughout their lives i'm guessing they will eventually learn more about it and they won't be opposed to it so i think it really opened a lot of doors here for people to just be generally interested in, in the world of mushrooms
1: yeah i mean so do you think that I guess you know, I guess my question is, uh, why do you think it's not as popular of a of a subject matter than like say other things that are taught in science?
2: Well so so I guess that boils down to Ooh, there's an exit there. I guess it boils down to um, you know what are what are I guess maybe you could take the angle of like standardized tests. Like when you get quest you get asked questions For like biology chemistry physics or maybe you switch the focus to like your ap iv classes um it's biology it's chemistry physics i don't know how much you study um fun fungi in biology i'm not sure i don't remember studying it i remember briefly exploring it for like a, a slight moment in like elementary school where we talked about like the animal kingdoms and all the different kinds of kingdoms and there was just like this one little thing in the textbook that had this whole branch that was like fungi. I don't we don't we didn't know as much about it or like Western science hasn't haven't acknowledged them as this like huge thing, even though we've we've saved hundreds of thousands or millions of lives the health of mushrooms. Penicillin came from a mushroom rotting on a melon in a market. Um, That's crazy. Like a naturally occurring fungus. They were trying to synthesize one in the lab. It was too weak. And then they found this fungus in a market in France, I think. And uh, they brought it to the lab and they cultivated it. And it was 200 times stronger than what they were cultivating in the lab. And that's penicillin. And that's what like I've taken penicillin recently. Like it's it's such an effective um, medicine. Yeah. So I don't know. Um, in in on the other side of the planet, um, in Asian cultures, uh, there, there has been a, I feel more of an influence with with mushrooms and like teas and stuff like that. They have a better understanding of like plant and mushroom medicine and stuff like that. They have a totally different approach to. Just medicine, Chinese medicine, you know, thousands of years old, it's insane, you know, that's a lot of time, that's a lot of R&D to figure stuff out, yeah. what works, what doesn't, this plant works for headaches, this plant helps for childbirth, this plant gives you energy, this plant puts you to sleep, you know, they totally, they have, they have a much greater understanding about those things, and for us, we just rely on, like, oh, I have a headache, I'll just take an Advil, it's like, really, why don't you, why don't you drink some water? Why don't you uh, eat a salad instead of a burger? How about that? Yeah. All right. That's me jumping sure. onto a tangent yeah. that All I don't right. want to so, embark um, on. But.
1: I, I, guess, I guess regarding um, this idea of how scientists taught, I I remember we, we had this conversation uh, a while ago, but kind of, um, so you made the decision as the science guy at camp to um, not really have a, I guess, structured uh, science class where, you know, you teach specific things. Instead, there's this focus on being outside, being in nature, and kind of discovering the world around uh, around you.
2: Um, yeah. Yeah. Dude, when on earth do you ever get a chance to do that? When you are you're, you're studying for your chemistry exam and you're studying, you know, like, chemical bonds and structures and stuff like that, it's like you're reading out of a textbook. You don't enjoy it. You don't get to feel it. You don't get to mess around with it. But if I'm like, we're in the middle of the woods, and I pick up some gunk from the lake, and I pull out a worm from it, and I'm like, look, here's a worm. It's like, you get to touch it with your hands. You get to look at it. You get to get your hands dirty. That's why it's like, I don't want to be confined to the science shed, this old musky (laughs) Shed that's yeah. covered in spiders and like you know I tried to clean it up but still there's stuff in there that's old. Oh, so
1: no, no
2: no no I I don't I don't, don't want you know, to. We're in Camp we're in the Adirondacks I don't want to be in some dusty shed.
1: I I, I, I tried to clean it with Jay. The pine trees. I, I tried to clean it with Jay it was uh, not a fun experience. Uh, yeah you guys yeah, yeah. Yeah. you picked that
2: <laughs> I've cleaned that that shed a hundred times okay maybe not
0: cleaned that shed like six times it's always been a pain. Yeah. You know, so they I find, it, I find they're getting it rid of it. You know. Yeah, they are. They're gonna. They're gonna yeah, like, they're have a whole village with like the arts and crafts. They're gonna build a new. Yeah,
2: yeah. There. They're gonna. They're gonna turn that area, I think, into like a fire
0: pit. Yeah, boys' campfire. They're gonna yeah, boys' campfire
2: it's it's gonna, gonna be wonderful. I am
0: gonna look
2: I'm, forward to that. I'm very looking forward to it. Mark my words. I yeah. will enjoy a good old stargazing session from there for
1: sure. <sighs> I mean, I mean, I remember. Um, like in elementary school, personally, I, I had this. Uh, science, I love science. You know, it's like you, whenever you think about science, you know, as you oh, said, kind is. of like picking up the worm. It's like it's this like awe thing, like like you're so you're so amazed by this world that you live in. Like you the know?
2: complexity and the the diversity. It's just like there's so many different things. It's like how how are there so many different options for life to manifest? Yep. Like in, in a million, and, and we only see the surface of this because when you put it on a micro uh, uh, a microscope and you take a, a cup of pond water or ocean water and you put that under a microscope, there is a whole universe of life that we can't see that is there, that is all around us. So there's so many different variations to what life can be it just means that the possibilities are endless. And if there is basically like an infinite number of different little things that we can't even see, for animals we haven't discovered, fish in the ocean we've never discovered, then, then if you tell me that alien life doesn't exist, it's like, dude, come on. Come you, on. Tommy, do you— We are alien life, bro. Z- 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 we are aliens, dude. We're humans. We're just like this species on a planet. You think there aren't other planets in this infinitely large universe with an infinitely large number of stars and planets? It's not infinite. But like you know, ten to the forty number of habitable planets.
1: Are you freaking kidding me? of I mean, course there look, are. Look, look, you know, Tommy. I, I think uh, it's a sci- was It's the Scientologists that think that you know we're aliens from other planets or, or Zenu Z- and everything. Uh, so you know <laughs> dude
2: dude if if we land on mars and we encountered little green men of course it's not gonna happen but we're the aliens bro we're the ones that are showing up on their planet we alien is just a it's a it's a term that that requires a point of reference you can switch that point of reference and you flip that coin and now you're the alien
0: it's funny to think we could we could just be that uh that cup of pond water in someone else's microscope.
2: Oh, heck yeah. Oh,
0: yeah.
2: On a on a cosmic scale? Yeah.
1: Heck yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So do, do you guys know about the We're Fermi tiny. Paradox? About the what? What? The Fermi, the Fermi Paradox. The Fermi Paradox? Yeah. Yeah. Jake, what about you? I'm not aware. Right, so, So like, I, what I've heard about it is like it's this uh, – it's, you know, regarding alien life and the existence of it. And, you know, the idea is if alien life exists – why haven't we, uh, why, where are all the aliens, right? So wh- what do you guys, wh- you know, uh, Tommy, since, you know, you've, I guess you've thought about this, you know, what do you think, I guess, y- where wait, are wait, all the wait, aliens? Wait,
2: I'm, I'm wait, 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 I'm reading up on it, give me a second, I gotta re- refresh my memory. Um, so there are, these are some of the following facts that serve together to highlight the apparent contradiction of the Fermi Paradox. There are billions of stars in the Milky Way similar to the sun. With high probability, some of these stars have Earth-like planets. Many of these stars, and hence their planets, are much older than the sun. The Earth is typical. Some may have developed intelligent life long ago. You know, if if our universe is 14 or 13.8 billion years old, Earth is 4.5 billion years old, and life started about 3.5 billion years. And if planet started 6 billion years ago, it could have very easily developed intelligent life long ago. Some of these civilizations may have developed interstellar travel that humans are investigating now. Even at the slow pace of currently envisioned interstellar travel, the Milky Way galaxy could be completely traversed in a few million years. And since many of these stars, similar to the sun, are billions of years old, the Earth would have already been visited by extraterrestrial civilizations, or at least their probes. However, there is no convincing evidence that this happens until... The United States government published accounts of the Air Force encountering unidentified flying objects that defy the laws of physics.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, rem- I remember that. Like, the wasn't there that the video of the um, that the
2: that die? just that happened this year. They published it this year. It happened a couple of years ago, but they the, the Pentagon published it. So, it actually, is officially on the internet, people. This is not a hoax.
0: That was a diversion from, like, There's all the nonsense that was going maybe, on.
2: Maybe. Maybe. Like, yeah, if it's published. Publish like, it it, exists now. It it's exists crazy. now. It's a real thing, dude.
1: So, so okay, so in terms of, I, I guess, you know, it, of course there are aliens, Yeah, I guess, out there, right? Because statistically there has to be. But do you think yeah. there are other aliens, you know, since you talked about the... Uh, uh, the ufo there are other aliens like on earth right now
2: ooh it it, so so when, ooh. when you say aliens you mean
1: otherworldly people
2: uh, like forms that are not terrestrial yeah. that originated outside of earth
0: yes uh yeah i wouldn't surprise... they're just like living among us kind of yeah dude like how we, yes yeah. Yeah. Matt, yeah think
2: of like a like you know a form like three like 600 million years ago an asteroid with ice frozen onto it crashed into the ocean brought in a bunch of melted ice that had a bunch of tiny little living plankton or whatever the heck space plankton you know some primitive form of life forms of single celled organisms and now it's on earth and now it's like well yeah that's what plankton is now and that's what you know Photoplankton. or I don't know, just, it,
1: yeah, I mean, for sure. Yeah. I mean, it's just the you know the Earth. It's kind of like a crazy place. Like all of the, you know, the aspects that made a life possible. It's like, you know, all of these tiny things. I remember I was hearing uh, the conditions uh, Neil, were perfect. Yeah, I mean, I was hearing Neil deGrasse Tyson speak. Uh, uh, actually, I think it was on the Joe Rogan podcast. Uh, our competitors, oh, excellent. The uh, but yeah, so the he, competitors. Yes. <laughs> Uh, but I remember he was talking about how the density of water and how, basically, the the cold the cold bits or I think something like that, are on top, and it, it base the properties of of water uh, really allow the top to be frozen while the underneath is you know still water, uh, it's still warm, and so because of that dynamic, how part of the water the the bit of water underneath the ice is still warm. Um, That allowed life to, you know, to emerge in, you know, in um, on Earth because uh, if you if you were then fish and other creatures in the water could survive for more than a year, right? So it's totally like this this idea is like so cool that you know one you know the if for example um, water froze entirely um, then we wouldn't be here crazy crazy thought I think
0: yeah i mean it, it it's like the perfect coincidence but on a on a on an unimaginably large scale you know that everything lined up just the way it did so that we could be here talking about the universe on zoom <laughs> yeah
2: that's, that's insane that's bananas uh, everything went exactly perfectly to plan um over a course of multiple several billion years and uh Yep, and now we can talk over zoom guys both of you are in new york city i'm in madrid Spain, and uh there's a zero percent time lag on our voice it's insane yeah
1: so so i have um uh so i guess transitioning a bit um have you guys heard about uh the sim you know simulation uh theory that we're all in a oh yeah what do you guys think about it yeah
2: um i don't i don't think i don't think we're in a simulation
0: yeah, I don't. I don't think we're in a simulation, but it's a it's a fun theory to think about because there's really no yeah. way you can you can disprove that. Mm-hmm. Well, well, not yet, not yet. Uh, yeah, not, not yet. Once, like soon, that will be a theory that will not be
2: so far fetched. You know, once once we can simulate a, an entire consciousness, that means game over. Then it will exponentially increase our ability to simulate consciousnesses in there eventually we'll be able to simulate an entire universe and then how do we know if we're not in a simulation
1: yeah you know you know I think uh, yeah absolutely re- regarding the idea of simulation i think it's um i don't see as a human being you know i don't think you can practically believe that you're in a simulation it's it doesn't have you
2: ever to have you place. ever have you ever felt like you're in a simulation have you ever been like no way this is real like i am there's a glitch going on in life right now. My brain is not processing this correctly. I don't know what's going on You ever had a moment like that?
1: No, but but like no, no, I haven't But what I was talking about is that I think that there's a difference between say an intellectual belief that you have and like a pragmatic belief that you have So for example uh, Regarding uh, determinism. So the idea that free will doesn't exist or free will exists Personally, I believe that free will doesn't exist, right? So that's like an intellectual belief. Well at the same time uh, pragmatically i can't believe that free will doesn't exist how can wait, I believe
2: wait. That? Did you say free will doesn't
1: exist intellectually i believe that yes but th- that's Ooh. not the point that's not the point right now but what i'm saying is that uh, from a pragmatic perspective okay, kind of okay, okay. it's impossible for a human to to say to be like okay free will doesn't exist i'm not free so the reason i'm saying that is because in terms of simulation theory personally i think that there's about, a, like, a 33%, I, I, I look somewhere, it's, it's about a 33% chance that a sim, that we're in a simulation right now. So, it's some philosopher, <laughs> one second, one second, I'll pull it up when I can, but, uh, you, know, you know, look, I think I think intellectually, like, it's a belief you can, had, you can have, but at the same time, no, I think, I don't think
2: it's 33%, I think, if anything, it's 50-50, bro, either it is or it isn't.
1: Well, well, no, no, no. So, so, so there are three possible outcomes. You can't
2: be well, thirty-three percent in a simulation. You can't be a little bit pregnant either. Either you're pregnant or you're not. Either you're in a simulation or you're not. It's well, as simple as that.
1: Re- regarding, there are three basically possible course of action. So, the uh the first one is that, um, say we have like a world. The first possibility is that in our world, uh, the simulation, um, you know, we're in a simulation, right? That's so that's of course basically what happens is if you, the first uh, developed society creates a simulation, and then that creates a simulation, that society creates a simulation, which creates a simulation, which creates a simulation, creates a simulation uh, to infinity. Now the second the second possible I- uh, idea is that the first civilization, which would be us, um, doesn't create a simulation because for fear of ethical reasons, and so then a simulation doesn't exist. Now the third possible idea is that we you know, we didn't evolve. Um, basically, there are barriers to our evolution, and then um, at the end of the day, uh, you know, we die because of atomic war before or whatever. I don't know. We die before as a species before we are able to achieve simulation-like technology. So there are like three- you know the first
0: the first scenario um, treads dangerously close to the uh, plot of a Rick and Morty episode, and now I'm really starting to question all of your sources.
2: I mean, dude, if we if if one <laughs> nuclear bomb goes off, then the rest go off.
1: Yeah. Yeah?
2: yeah. yeah. Uh, imagine, imagine if the United States launches a nuclear blast into Russia or into China. Well, what is what are those countries going to do in response? Release the artillery. And then what is the United States going to do in response? Release the artillery. Artillery. And then there's going to be like a five-minute window where world leaders are going to be like, are we really doing this? Are we really thinking into humanity? And then they'll be like, no, call it off. And only a couple will go off.
1: Right, okay, wait, wait, I found my source. I found my source. Um, it's, uh, so, uh, he says, so it's, uh, in 2003, philosopher Nick Bostrom proposed a trilemma, the simulation argument. And so it's the three things I propose. Oh, he well, he's the, he the
2: author of the book. Yeah, of course he's a good source. Okay.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Also, I think Elon Musk believes the theory, but I'm not sure about that.
2: Nah, whatever.
0: <laughs> what about the, what about the Truman Show syndrome about how we're, I don't know what that is. What is that? Tell me about that. Yeah, I've had I've had moments about uh, where I felt like that. Um, you know that it's oh, yeah. it's the it's the idea that you are living in a TV show and everyone around you is uh, is an ad. so? It's a little bit like a similar yeah, dude. Yeah. Instagram, bro. Whatever you choose to upload, that's your TV. That's 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 the TV you
2: provide for everybody who follows you. Yeah, but whatever like, you in, post online, you exist in that format. As, it as is in, you action. are, dude. I
0: you are I've the been really struggling and with people that. around you. Not not only online, but people around you are are also actors, and and the, it's the show about you, and that's your. Yeah,
2: Dude, it's insane. No, no, no. That's that's a very interesting way of looking at life. It's like a nice lens to look at it. Yeah, if you are Life is a TV show, and uh, you get to relatively write your own script and uh, push things in a general direction. Not
0: according to Miles, who doesn't believe in in free will.
2: Well, guess what, Miles? I believe in free will. Okay. I was watching videos on YouTube about the world's most advanced vertical farm. Uh, one in New Jersey called Aero Farms. Google it; it's really cool. Um, and they were, and I was reading like how sustainable and how productive they are compared to a regular farm. And I had this sudden realization that holy moly, everything that I've ever been interested in my life, and I'll give you a long list. These have been like my deep passion. starting off with dinosaurs. When I was three years oh, old, I, I was dinosaurs. like, "Dinosaurs is my thing. I want to be." an archaeologist or a paleontologist and then it went from dinosaurs to what was it? It was like damn what was it? I was like I was just obsessed with video games and Dragon Ball. And then it turned into cars. I was obsessed with cars, with with high-end sports cars. They were pieces of art. I was enamored by them. And then I thought I wanted to be a car maker. I wanted to design my own cars. Um, I wanted to work for an Italian car maker like Pagani or Koenigsegg in Sweden. And then I fell in love with watches and watchmaking and that craft and the beauty of the complexity. city, all of these insane timepieces that do ridiculous, simple things, but all analog and mechanical. It's insane. It's beautiful. And I thought I wanted to dedicate my life to being a watchmaker and studying the craft. And then I realized that that was probably not going to be very filling, because I really loved all the different kinds of watches. And as a watchmaker, I don't think I could ever afford any of these crazy watches. Um, so I was kind of drawn away from it. And then I went to college and I didn't really know what I wanted to do. And I studied entrepreneurship and information like tech systems. And then it just suddenly dawned on me after I grew my mushrooms at home during the quarantine. I was like, I need to study agriculture. And I, and I after I watched these YouTube videos, I was like, oh, my God, there's a master's program in Cornell that's, that's just about this. Controlled environment agriculture. And I was like, no way. Like, this is my one shot. This is it. And I'm, I, I'm already contacting the admissions people, and, like, I'm, I'm set on going to Cornell to do a master's in controlled environment agriculture. And uh, it's just like, I found my calling. Yeah. And I decided, like, yeah. I, sat my, I sat myself down, and I talked to myself out loud as if I was having, like, a schizophrenic moment where I split my personalities up into the different Tommies that I know, the summer camp Tommy, the academic Tommy the party Tommy, the adventurous Tommy. And I was like, all right, what does each one of you want? And can we get this in if we go searching for this? And will we be happy? Will we live a fulfilled life knowing that we provided fresh produce for people in need? We bettered the lives of people. We provided healthy foods. And we did it sustainably in a way that, that we can maintain the health of the planet and not destroy it. And all of them said yes. And then I asked all my friends, and they were all like, dude, do it. Like, what are you going to do, be a banker? Like, are you going to live a happy life, living a banking life in Wall Street? No, you're going to want to kill yourself. You think there's you, you get to be a fulfilled person if you're just like a, a J.P. Morgan, like, slave? No, thank you, bro. Yeah, you're going to make bank. Hell yeah, you're going to make bank. But it's going to cost you your health and your in your life. and also your I, don't know, I just like I didn't wanna give out like my dad was a banker and I was like, I definitely don't want to do that. Um so then so then like the the, the academic Tommy was like Alright what what are we gonna do about this? Like how can we approach this? It? It's like well we're gonna approach it through the highest means of academia. I've been getting good grades in school so that I can really pursue a master's in a place that, that warrants the price tag as well as the, the investment in time. Because honestly, American University is not worth $60,000 a year. Like, excuse me, no friggin' way my education was worth that. I did not get that value at all. Some of my teachers were old, racist, and... And out of touch with reality and we're giving us case studies from the 80s that are no longer relevant. Dude, like, there's a, there's a lot of room for improvement. So, well, so if, I've been if I can a- go to, if I can go to Cornell, if I can go to some Ivy League, some creme some de la creme, you know, they have a, a deliciously well-funded agriculture department. Dude, 100%. That's, that's what I want to do. And guess what? because like, relatively close to the Adirondacks um, and close to camp, so I could be close to camp and close to New York City. It's a five hour train ride, you know, I'm close to you guys. It's an it's excellent, excellent um, course of action. But first, I need to finish this master's in Washington. It's going to take me another year. Oh, having I thought, thought you No, go. no, no. I graduated undergrad, bro. I did my oh. four years, but I before I. Before I graduated, I enrolled in this combined bachelor's master's program. So this last semester, I took my capstone class and then I took three master's level courses that counted both for my undergrad and my graduate. So long as I got higher than a B plus. Yeah, B plus. If I got higher than B plus, the credits would count for my undergrad and my graduate. If I got lower than a B plus, it would just be for my graduate. And I got eight in all of them. And, uh, and now I'm nine credits into this master's program. So now these next two semesters, I just have to take four classes and that's it.
0: And this is a master's in, in data,
2: data analytics, which is basically a degree in like computational statistics with these like stats programs And like learning how to code in, in R. As well as basically just like having an analytical mind, knowing how to break down um, information and processes to their most fundamental cores. Yeah. I, I, know what's going on and, and learn how to tweak them in ways that favor you. Basically, a degree in how to think properly. Like, ooh, I can think. I got an MS data analytics. Yeehaw! You know, that's basically how I'm approaching it. It's just a paper that says I'm a good thinker.
1: Uh, Tommy. In retrospect, do you think that I guess like that major, you know, uh, data, data, uh, data and analytics. Uh, I mean, it, it seems that you like it uh, personally. Uh, you know, the, with the name seems a bit boring, but you know, teach their own. Do you th- in retrospect, yeah, dude, do you data, think that's the, data can be super boring. You think, Absolutely. But do
2: you, if think, you think, think of it in the way true, that like you're in an Excel spreadsheet and you're cleaning data and you have millions of rows of data, yeah, dude, of course it can be super boring. But but if you're but that's like the academic. That's like when you're doing problems. But when you, when you're approached by a business problem, when you're, when you're, when you're hired by a company and they give you all this information and they have this issue and they're like, we need you to help me solve this. Dude, that's when your gears start kicking in. That's when your ideas start flaring up and, and you start drawing and connecting the lines and potentially making a neural network of sorts, um, with all these ideas and you, you find a solution. You you trial and error and figure it out. That's the cool stuff. You know, what patterns can we draw from this information? What value can we extract from the data that our consumers are producing on a daily basis, you know, at an unprecedented rate?
0: So have you have you at all applied that to, you know, the problems that you've been tackling about, you know, food in America and how? No, not yet but i will eventually yeah. yeah absolutely
2: so so one of the one of the ways that i would that i would already want to use data analytics is this way. let's say we have a field in, a, in our grow house of spinach and we're using aeroponics which means that we have a water with all the nutrients that we air we missed it and it's just like in the air and the roots don't have to grow very far because it's in the air. So they get them right at the nub. They don't have to spend energy growing roots, so they spend more energy growing the green. And what I can do in a way of data analytics is that I can segment different parts of that entire batch and I can tweak the nutrient composition of uh, of the aeroponic spray, and I can see what the differences are. What happens if I give baby spinach more nutrient rich mist as opposed to more magnesium rich? Or, you know, it's, it's, think of it this way, it's so many different frequencies on like a music board. Each, ooh, I just got a battery low message on my headphones. Um, each one of these. Nutrients is like a dense is a, is a frequency, and you can tune the waves in whatever way you want, and you can record that, and that's data analytics, because then you can see how the plant grows, how if it grows greener, thicker, faster, slower, if it is more rich in X, Y, Z nutrients, you know, you're 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 analyzing, and you're tweaking nature to find the best product you want to find. So in that way, I would apply data analytics. And that can be applied to a whole range of everything, from what kind of, you know, pesticides and soil and water and the pH of the water. You know, if there's so many different frequencies that you can tune to find produce a product that can be eco- ecologically sourced, um, is you know, like rentable is not the word we call them it's like it's not harmful for the environment you know depending on how much vertical space you use per square meter you can be up to 300 times more effective than regular farmland it's 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 too effective it's the way of the future you know uh abu dhabi has massive 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 vertical farms that's how they feed their population bro they spend Hundreds of millions of dollars into these farms because they're in the middle of the desert. Where are they going to get their fresh produce from? They got to grow it for themselves. Yeah, in Iceland. Do you know that Iceland is the biggest producer of bananas and tomatoes in all of Europe? Because they use geothermal energy to to um, power their greenhouses and their houses and their streets to melt the ice. Dude, they have you know they have the energy of a volcano, and they, they learned how to harness that. Mm-hmm. So they they produce they have the biggest greenhouses on Earth, basically.
1: So regarding kind of like uh, you know aquapon- uh, not aqua I mean like vertical farms, um, how do you think like do you think like that will uh, you know climate change climate change will force um,
2: yeah more absolutely vertical farms climate change be- will force us to move in that direction. It, it will make farmland less farmable it might destroy farmland we'll definitely lose the. Well, optimal we're, we're destroying to our farm yeah we're destroying our own farmland in a lot of places um that's already happening dude so uh, no, you
0: want to i mean i i know this is pretty far down the line but you know you've you've told us that you want to you want to bring that technology not only to the U.S., but to, to places that really need it more. Like oh,
2: yeah, yeah. You can set up farms for incredibly low prices. And the best part of it is that they'll probably be subsidized by the government. Dude, it's agriculture. You're feeding the population. The government will for sure help you out in a million and one different ways. With grants, with just money, they'll make it easier for you. They'll introduce you to people. Dude, we're, we're talking about feeding the planet feeding the species in a way that doesn't kill the environment. So so I don't know. It's it's when I when I realized when I had that that like the oh wow moment, you know, it was like, okay, this is pretty monumental. This is big. This means a lot. Um and I I I have to pursue it
0: i I wonder why this doesn't get more um more attention because these vertical farms farms has backing
2: from the biggest banks in the united states venture capital has jumped on vertical farms like crazy dude
0: but like i I feel like we would have known about it because like the one that you mentioned is in is in newark new jersey which is like 20 minutes not even outside of new york city and yet i've never heard Heard this in my yeah, because
2: you buy your food at
0: Whole Foods, bro. <laughs> I don't buy my food, but... Yeah,
2: you don't buy your food. You just wake up and there's food in your fridge and you don't do jack shit. It's just there. <laughs> yeah, you lived a privileged life. Hey, I I'd had the same life. I'd wake up every day and breakfast was made, you know. I was very, very privileged and, and I'm very thankful for being raised like that. And, you know, there are a lot of people around the world don't get that. So, but yeah, next time, next time you go to Whole Foods, dude, check out the the fresh produce. Check out where it comes from.
1: It's right. local. So for so the most part, do you think, in terms of like making efficient vertical farms, do you think the like a good solution would be to have them like in cities, for example, or to have them more like in like the middle of nowhere in rural areas, dude,
2: wherever you want. But preferably closer to the places where they're going to get consumed. There's yeah, a thing like a n- there's nutrient loss. As soon as you pluck the plant from the ground, it begins to die. Mm-hmm. So if you have to transport it 1,500 miles, it's going to lose a lot of its yeah. nutrients by the time that it gets to the supermarket. And then you buy it, and then it ends up on your plate after it sat for two days in the fridge. Mm-hmm. Nah, dude, there's too much nutrient loss. Yeah, it, needs yeah, to awesome. be, it needs to be ripped out of the core and served onto a plate as fast as possible.
1: Yeah. You know, I heard of like shipping, you
0: know, like, yeah,
2: I don't want to have to ship. I don't want to have to ship. I want to have like a market or a a storefront, like a pop-up store, a truck, I don't know, whatever that, that'll just be like a quick selling point um, that will every day or every week will have fresh harvest. You know, people will know, it'll be known in the community. You send out, you know, um, you talk to your mayor, whoever your mayor is, or your, your public official, you know, it's a farm, dude. This is a real thing. People will benefit from it, and, and people will pay top dollar, especially in big cities. Who doesn't want the tastiest, most organically beautifully grown kale or Brussels sprouts or tomatoes or whatever you want, dude? It's the freshest produce ever. Top top grade restaurants are going to want it. Eleven Madison Park will buy your product if your product's good
1: enough. I, I think you know talking about weight loss, uh, I mean the nutrient nutrient loss, um, in like in Iowa I think or in Middle America like it's a huge problem uh, having you know they like all of these corn products and you know corn in general. Yeah, dude, it's like, it, terrible. You know, you see it, like burning and everything, and you you know the you know these companies, these farmers, they haven't found ways to kind of efficiently get it from one part of the country to another you know especially when you see like a lot of home there's a very large homeless population in america for a uh yeah i guess i I guess a developed country and i think in terms of poverty and getting food a lot of people need it While at the same time
2: dude the united states is a developed country in the major city hubs outside in the rural area it's a piece of trash okay you're gonna tell me that warrensburg is a nice town it's not, dude. It's it's riddled with poverty. It is it is very under well-managed. It does not have the proper infrastructure to take care of its residents. And, uh, you know, people are obese. McDonald's is the smash hit of the city, of the town.
1: Yeah, I, I you mean, know? Even, even, like, cities, though. I mean, they're... they're yeah, I mean, like, like I'm sorry,
2: they're... Baltimore is, is a very rough city. With... Like what are these cities dude they're 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 terrible they're gross it's like yeah there's a lot of history there god damn it they're ugly and the people there are are ill-equipped to to not be ignorant
0: well what i've been thinking recently and this has just been you know like stuff you know food for thought like shower thoughts but in terms of this pandemic and how we've seen, you know, these massive cities like New York really get hit hardest, that there may be a a resurgence in, um, in these secondary cities. And maybe, you know, people are going to move out, move out to smaller cities because they realize that, no, you know, we don't all have to be, we don't uh, all have to uh, be. up. Yeah, dude. Yeah. That's the thing with New York. Jake, what floor do you live on? 16.
2: So you have 16 floors below you and how many above you?
0: None. Okay, yeah, the
2: penthouse baby, (laughs)
0: get
2: that duplex life. You know what I'm talking about, Uh, Mama and daddy live up top. The kids live on the bottom. You know.
0: Yeah, but like, yeah, still, you know, 16 other people.
2: Dude, your ventilation. If you sneeze into the ventilation system, those particles will move throughout the entire building. That's a real thing. That's a real, it's a real worry. Imagine the paranoia that the air you're breathing might have COVID. Think about, insane, think about the insane, dude.
0: Think about the elevator. Like, you go into this tiny box every day that, like, if you live in a building with 200 people in it, you know, probably 150 yeah. people have used that day, and someone sneezes and maybe leaves, and the particles are They're touching dude, the same place in
2: the air if you sneeze. Yeah, dude, absolutely. Screw it. I mean that's why you order Uber Eats. <laughs> now now when when we order food and they they hit the buzz con, we just tell them leave it in the elevator and push 3. That's the best. And now you don't even have to talk to them, bro. Yes, it's it's, it's just it's removed this layer of intimacy between the delivery people and the and, and the people who ordered it. It's
0: crazy. I'm kind of that's what I'm kind of scared of is that, that whole interaction is gonna go away completely. You know now that nah, don't, so, nah. yeah, but like per, temporarily, like we've been sitting on Zoom for three months, and I miss I miss you know having regular interactions with people. Oh, you know, dude! I just started around.
2: having regular interactions. It's honestly been the most fulfilling thing in so long. Oh my god! Like I just I went to a friend's house who had a small gathering of like ten friends. And I met this, like, this random girl who studies neuroscience. And we just hit it off the entire night. And we just spoke about, like, the coolest stuff. And she was telling me about how neurotransmitters are produced in your stomach. And they make their way up to their brains. Your stomach lining makes it with the essential particles it breaks down from food. And I was like, what? This is the most insane thing. And we had such a genuine connection. Um, And it was like, wow, I really miss, like... Talking to people in face to face, like oh I, I like when I saw my friends, I gave them the biggest hug ever. I was like, screw this non-say hello. I know you've been in quarantine for the past two months and so have I, and we've both tested negative. Come here, and give me a hug right now, bro. I need love. Yeah. Oh. I've been hanging out with my friends recently for the past week and it's been amazing. We're like we've done picnics in the park and we've done, I, I worked on their farm, and we had a day in the pool, like, oh, we've just been hanging out, and it feels like, yeah, it feels like I'm a kid again, bro, it feels like I'm at camp again, it's insane, yeah,
0: uh, rip camp,
2: uh, rip camp, I know, no, dude, camp will survive,
0: dude, I, I will, will
2: forever be a part of camp. Like, I will be on the board of alumni and eventually one day I, would, I will purchase at least some stake in camp. I will be an owner.
1: The next like, uh, I, Tobin.
2: I told, I told Jeff and Tobin that. They were like, alright, cool. Cool by me, dude. Clearly <laughs> you love this place as much as I do. I will be an owner. Yeah. So I sorry, want no, to be able I to know spend, that spend time at camp whenever I want. I need access to camp. Always. And I know I'll have it, assuming you
0: know it doesn't get sold to a family who like doesn't want to have me around. There are I you ever gonna goes. Are you ever gonna go back for work or, or maybe like that? I'm not opposed to it, dude. I'm not opposed <laughs> to Hell it. Hell yeah. You know,
2: but if I um think of it this way, if I go to Cornell and I start studying this thing it's controlled agriculture I'm probably like three hours away from camp camp could be my base of operations I could, I could ask Jeff and Tobin for a space in camp can we build a cabin that will withstand temperature and where we can grow stuff for camp and I could set up my own aquaponics or aeroponics we could have you know I could grow stuff and why would Jeff and Tobin say no like I don't see a reason why not
1: I know maybe they're hiding I'll something put
2: here. them I'll put the money to put everything you know i they would probably be like dude yeah we'll chip in like this is a great project you know if we'll do this correctly you know Tyler would totally help me out we'd set up this beautiful farm um we could grow stuff not the t- terrible lit farm I don't know who did that <laughs> that was yeah. last year that
1: was, yeah. That was, that was,
2: terrible like it looks pretty but it's it's not it's not really giving a lot of life we need we need to be able to control the environment more securely and that means building building a farm indoors so like that could be great i would love to set up a farm on forest lake it means i get to spend time in forest lake hanging out with jeff tobin brad and carolyn you know these people are my family and, and they would gladly give up a small space. You know, we have 826 acres, bro. All I need is, like, imagine if they're, like, yeah, we'll give you a full football-sized, like, warehouse. Obviously, you could it's them, you insanely could them, like, massive. But imagine, imagine if we had the, foot, the the soccer field-sized warehouse where we grew whatever we wanted. Dude, we would need employees, We would need a team of people. Like, I would be down to hire you guys. If you guys came, like, all right, you guys are going to come learn about aeroponics, and we're going to farm some stuff, and then and we're going to hang out at camp. You guys down?
1: Epic, yeah. Of Of course,
2: course. (laughs) it sounds like a great time.
1: Are you kidding (laughs) me?
2: To eat fresh produce, we get to barbecue stuff over a fire. We get to stargaze at camp. Yeah, it might be a little cold before summer but who cares we get to experience the seasons winter and spring and then beautiful autumn dude autumn in camp must be the most amazing rainbow of different shades of orange and brown and red and yellow and i've never gotten to experience that and that's definitely on the bucket
1: list. I, I, I mean personally i've been thinking uh, i think I think we talked about this recently i don't know is was the, some of the other camp friends with i think it was logan and you know the, like kind of biking up to camp I, i'm you know i think i'm getting a getting a road bike uh so uh, I, I just, how many you know, how many days would it take you I, so you know for those who, of you who don't know it's in uh, the adirondacks i think it's like 200 miles right Yeah, it is
2: the southern tip of the Adirondack State Park. It's 212 miles away from the Upper East Side of New York City. Yes.
1: I mean, I would say, like, if you're really going, like, ham, you could probably do it in, like, two days. No, you could not. Yeah, you could. Yeah, you could could could. Okay, no. Alright, think about it. Dude, you can't ride hundred can miles
2: in a day. Are yeah, you kidding me? You, you, you can't ride hundred and sixty kilometers. Yeah, you totally can't. My dad okay. is like an insane if bike rider. If you do 15, he miles, does 80, fifteen miles, an 90 hour kilometers pace. in a day, and he's
1: dead. You could, okay. if you do fifteen miles an hour pace, you could totally do it. Dude, no. Okay. It wow. would
2: take you at least a week to do it properly, Miles. You are not a super saiyan. Yeah, I could totally, are not do, an it. I could totally do it. you a biker. You cannot go more than a hundred miles in a day. I guarantee it.
1: Okay, whatever, fine. Maybe it would take, like, four or five days, but, you know, like... St- oh, come on. Whoa, that, that would be, like... a conservative
0: estimate, if you want. It's, like, like it's,
1: it's like less than... It's, like, 50, mi- 50 miles a day, if it's four days. I mean, that's not that much, 50 miles. Okay,
0: assuming you're going 15 miles an hour, what's
2: 212 divided by 15 miles an hour? That's 14 hours. Okay, no,
1: yeah, you could totally do it within a day. Yeah. I mean, I... I that I probably wouldn't do it in a day because it's, like, the worst, but... Yeah. No, it might
2: just be, like, a really long bike ride. Your arms might be tired. You might get a tired back. Which is why maybe if you did it on an electric bike,
0: oh, oh,
2: mm. Ducati has electric bikes, Specialized and Trek have um, electric bikes. They're really cool. They're very expensive. They can go... They range from, like, 4000 to $14,000. But they have suspension. They're like electric mountain bikes. They're insane.
1: I mean, oh like God. if you you know these people, they're like some people that like you know the ultra endurance bike riders. Ultra I mean, it's,
2: marathon it's runners, crazy. bike riders. Yeah.
1: I mean, like you know these people, um, they could definitely like do two hundred miles like in a day, like even yeah, like under. For like, sure, under, for like, sure, for sure. My dad
2: rides with, uh, with, uh, with people that he that from work that are are Ironman runners. They've done, like, four or five Ironmans, um, both husband and wife, and they fight biked, like, 260 kilometers in a day, something like that. It's, like, absurd. Insane.
0: Look at how nice this bike is. Dude,
2: look at that bike. That That's bike cool looks bike. insane. It's a
0: badass bike.
2: Dude, cool. double suspension systems. Nah, man, that stuff, dude, ripping through rails and trails. Too cool. A beautiful bike. Uh, What's it called? Forget. So so people listening can Google it.
0: Oh yeah, let's see. Um it's called the called the Ducati um rr
2: Okay. Um it's an electric mountain bike.
1: Beautiful uh, bike. Beautiful. 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 That goes so fast. What do you want? That's uh it's a mountain bike though, isn't it? Yeah, mountain bike. Yeah. Yeah. I don't
0: think the, the price. Hmm, let's see.
1: So i
0: like, like 14k, 12k something like that. May, yeah, maybe. Purchase now. Let's see.
1: I mean, you, you know it's also crazy though. It's like the, you know, the people I think that on, on the YouTubes, uh, you know, I think like you, you see these people like on mountain bikes and everything. Like what, you know, like what Reese does, well, not what Reese does, but you know, like people that that <laughs> like they go down mountains with mountain bikes and everything. Like it, it's, you know, that's crazy. And they like, you know, they they go ham. It's like, and then the, the these jumps. What is it? I think there's this. Um, I forgot which. It's like the Red Bull thing. Um, uh, once again, I'm looking it up. But it's, it, you it, know, for reference, this uh, it's this the, the
0: the Ducati bike is, and this is the nicer tier. They have like lower tiers as well. It's only sixty two hundred euros. I mean, I say only, but for what it is. Yeah. You know. For what it is,
2: bro. It's a crazy method of
0: transportation. Yeah. All right. yeah miles if you want to if yeah, you want to financially yeah. support that bike yeah i will i will bike up, up with you to hey dude
2: if we set up an effective farm we could the farm would pay for the bike
1: yeah okay.
2: totally in the, like, like the a month
0: oh yeah then you got to get electric trucks you know ship it down to the city Roots up and down
2: 87. I, I just recently bought an electric skateboard.
0: How is that? Is I that... haven't
2: gotten it yet, but electric yeah. skateboards are amazing, dude. Um, I got the X-Way Flex, um, which is a, a bamboo fiberglass deck. It's a concave deck. kind of looks like a boosted board, um, but it's not the same. Um, and it has about... It says twenty miles of range, but that that was conducted at going at like twenty miles an hour. Um, but um, but the top speed is like twenty six miles an hour. And so when you go at when you ride a lot harder, you can get like fourteen miles out of it. Um, it's a it's an incredibly fun and addictive way of riding.
0: What really? What I've been doing a lot to get around the city now, since public transportation, I guess, is a is a no no, is city bike, which I really haven't appreciated as much until now. Yeah, dude, city is,
2: bike is great. Imagine if like, you had your own bike.
0: Yeah, but then you have to like ma- keep it and maintain it, and in New York, yeah, so, but then you don't have city to city pay city every city time you get a bike.
1: Like they're I mean, city, or, or, the city or bike do you bad. get
0: like that pass? It's no, like you pay a hundred bucks. I don't use it enough to get the pass,
1: so it's like okay. three
0: bucks plus tax, which is expensive, you know.
1: Yeah. I mean, I I don't know personally. I, mean, I I think that the city bikes, I mean, they're not they're not very. I mean, they're, they're not very good bikes, you know. Let's, let's be real.
2: Well, no, they're, they're clunky, but they're fast, bro. They're super fast. I mean,
1: if you invest like in a nice road bike, and then you can like get around the city like like super fast and everything, I think I yeah. th- you know, so I, I think that's I think that's the move though. Except, you, know, you, really you can get like an
2: electric an electric bike for, for like two thousand bucks, you know,
0: it's that not that. Pay for, that would pay
2: for itself. Uber. Yeah, dude, if you really use it to get around, like if your job is not that far away, dude, that's such an effective way to get around. You know, honestly, it's not that hard to do it. Like, it's, I don't know, it's pretty easy. I've I've gotten on electric bikes, the the jumps, the the, the Uber electric bikes and um dude they're a rocket they're so fast like i've never accelerated that fast in my life except for when i left camp in a ferrari (laughs) down the camp road we ripped down my dad like accelerated super quickly down the camp road and it was excellent and then we hit the highway and then it was like back to 60 you know yeah dude. so such fast oh oh, and when i okay I, i did jump out of a plane once and um
0: that's um, on the bucket list, I think.
2: Yeah, dude. You guys should definitely go skydiving. Hundred percent. Hundred percent.
0: Well hopefully we will we will see you back at, at camp sooner rather than later. Nah, like- dude, I probably not at camp. We'll definitely see you in New York. I know, but whether that be as co-workers or as, you know, <laughs> hydroponic or aquaponics, aeroponics.
2: Or just friends, you know?
0: Yeah. Just friends going out for uh,
2: for a soda i guess <laughs> children yeah go out for a soda get some uh, get a spongebob ice cream pop in central park you know get some sure. dipping dots always
1: thank you so much tommy and jake for being on the show today this episode is produced by tom claire i'm miles Bratier. stay safe